All right. Everybody can hear me all right? Okay. Like I told the first service, uh, I feel God has given me one of these naturally, so if I start yelling, just kind of wince a little bit, and I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit. So, What's that? All right. All right. I will try not to lose the passion then. Okay. Um, well, thank you all for coming today. It's really been... It's really great seeing you all here today. Um, uh, I feel the Lord's got something really for us to, uh, he's brought here here for a reason and he's got something to say and we're going to hear it. So uh, let's open up a prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for who you've brought here today, the message you've brought to us. I ask, Father, that much like the children we just prayed over, that you will open up our hearts to what you have for us. And that we receive it like a child, that we're able to take it in, let it just get into our heart and give us an excitement to move on to what you have for us to do. And Lord, that we be content with what we get uh, or what you choose to offer to us. And we turn it back to you in thankfulness and praise. All this we ask and praise you through your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So today uh, we'll be talking about the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. And uh, if you turn to Matthew 20, we'll be going uh, verses 1 through 16. Uh, pretty, I, I've learned so much uh, in, the, in the past weeks uh, preparing for this. And I, I shared with some of the first service uh, after talking with them um, that it's so cool to be able to go through God's word and see it different. Um, there's... I've read this how many times, and I've seen it different ways, and it's just new, and it's renewed every time. So I, I just love it, and I hope, I hope you get the same experience, or that it just renews your, your faith in Him. Uh, so starting with Matthew 20, verses 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he came, had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them to his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go to the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And about the eleventh, uh, let's see, no, sorry, I missed it. Uh, sorry. Uh, again, he went out about the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one's hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when the evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they received each a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And likewise, they received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go on your way. I wish to give the last man the same as to you. 
Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. So today's scripture, much like the previous parables we've gone through, uh, is a hard pill to swallow. It challenges our views on goodness and fairness our humanistic views of goodness and fairness. And it also shows us the right example or the supreme example of goodness and generosity from the Father. It's more about thankfulness in what we're doing and what we do receive rather than His fairness. Are we really operating under a heart of of a thankful uh, servant Focusing on what we've been called to do? Or are we more concerned with the reward and us getting our own share? Let's start today in uh, in the first section here, verses 1 through 7. Jesus here is just kind of setting the stage for the parable. First, he likens the kingdom of God, to, or the kingdom of heaven, to the landowner. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, maybe even about a month ago, Nathan shared with us and helped us define the kingdom of heaven. And that's where God is doing his work, where his work is being done, and where his work is being done, he is also. And his, in this parable, his concern is with the harvest. And he's willing to do and call any and all who are willing to come and share in that harvest, to do the work, to get their hands dirty, and do what needs to be done to get this harvest completed. Uh, The landowner first, with the first group, uh, agrees on a wage. So there's an agreement there that they will get paid for a full day's work and a denarius, which a denarius is not bad at all. It was actually uh, a day's wage for a Roman soldier. Uh, So it was you know, not an exuberant sum, but it was uh, would fulfill their needs. Um, but looking at the following proposals, it's quite interesting where uh, even though they're coming late to the game, his proposal to them is not a denarius, but whatever is right. And they are willing to accept that on that landowner's honor, whatever is right. So obviously there has been trust established between the landowner and the laborers, whether it be by a contract or on the honor of the landowner paying out what is right. So that's the stage. That's where we're at in the story. Uh, Moving on in verses 8 through 12, This is where the contention shows up here. So when evening had come and the owner in the vineyard uh, said to a steward, call the laborers and give them their wage, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed they would receive more, but likewise received a denarius. The order of this payment is pretty interesting. Uh, why would the last be first? And we'll get into that here shortly, but I almost kind of wonder if it's a test. Where is the heart of those who are hired first? 
See, with them watching and seeing the last get uh, a denarius, which they were agreed upon and promised, a comparison is planted. Well, more work equals more pay, correct? Right? You put in the time, you get more money. Overtime, we're all about overtime, aren't we? Um, and you get paid for that. <clears throat> Unless you're salary, then it just sucks. Um, but uh, more work equals more pay. And I'll find, I, know, I know that when I find myself doing comparisons to others, to myself, I'm not happy with the results. The problem with comparing yourself to others is it's often a self-centered act. It's an act that is out to protect justice for me. It is to place me in advantage in rank to others. And the worst of it is, it takes my attention off what I'm doing. Where is my call? What am I doing? How am I serving? Who am I serving for? It robs me of that. So why... Uh, so here, this comparison has transformed the joy and the contentment of the first group and turned it into envy and jealousy and greed. It shredded any sense of thankfulness that they may have had in the beginning. And now what they happily agreed upon in, in the beginning is not nearly enough. Why is Jesus bringing this up? Well, uh, this is happening in the disciples right now when this, is hap- uh, when this parable is, is said. If you uh, want to, you can turn a uh, chapter back into chapter, Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. Here, Peter is concerned with the disciples' reward. What do they get? They gave up everything to follow Jesus. What do they get? And if you'll notice, you go back a little further, it comes right after the rich young ruler who said, I did everything right, but he could not give up his wealth. Well, then Peter turns around and goes, well, we gave up everything. We gave up our wealth. What little we had, but we gave it. So what is our reward? Do we get that? <clears throat> Again, he's looking at the reward, not Jesus. Poor Peter, he's done that before and got almost drowned. Later in chapter 20, Jesus, Jesus is approached by James and John's mother to ask for their rank to be raised above the others and they get to sit on the right and left of Jesus in heaven. Which is hilarious because that's equal to your mother going to your boss and asking for a raise. Uh, which would be hugely embarrassing, and I can just see their red faces like, Mom, shut up, please. <laughs> Come on. But I thankful. I am so thankful for mothers because they will stand up for their children like that. Don't get me wrong. That is awesome. That is a blessing you've been given, and I encourage you in that. But it raises that point again of rank. Me above the other. Me above the other. They're not seeing Jesus standing in front of them. Last example I have is in John 20, starting in verse 20. This is just after Jesus reinstates Peter. Peter, do you love me? Yes, yes, Father. Uh, yes, Lord, I love you. 
feed my sheep. That story. So right after it, uh, they're kind of finishing up their conversation, and here's what happens. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. That would be disciple John, who wrote John. Um, When Peter saw him, he asked the Lord, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers and the disciple that this disciple would not die. But Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? See, Jesus had to answer this problem over and over again. And with the same, what is it to you? I have called you to do this. Don't worry about them. They are doing this for me. He loves us all equally, uh, but possibly differently, which is another sermon. um, But all this should not place any contention uh, on the reward. Our Father in Heaven loves to reward us. He gave us one of the greatest rewards in Jesus. But when our comparisons step into that and we try to justify our reward and what we believe, uh, that just ruins, it just sours the whole thing. And really when it comes down to it, it's not for us to say. And that's what he's telling us here. So there's the complaint. On to the rebuttal. The response from the landowner, starting in verse 13. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I'm not doing, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go on your way. I, w- I wish to give the last man the same as to you. It, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. So here is the come to Jesus part. I love this part. This is the main point. This is what we're reading this parable for. The response to the complaints, which we're presented with a series of rhetorical questions, which if we take these questions, uh, as we assume the laborers did, and seriously consider them, How can we not come to a remorseful, humble response back saying, I'm sorry? So the first question, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? The landowner did his part. He paid in full that denarius to that first group. The issue here is not the payment, but the receipt of it the heart of the recipient. Were they still glad with what they got, even though they knew what the others that worked less got? Our service is to be honoring and glorifying to the Father. A father. <laughs> the Father. The Father. Not self-serving, what do I get out of this? It says in Galatians 5, You, my brothers and sisters... We're called to be free. 
But don't use your freedom to indulge in flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That's what we're called to do. Serve humbly in love, not for a reward. He never concentrates on what you get. He always concentrates on what you get to do. Next question. What is it? Uh, is it not lawful for me to do with what, uh, what I wish with my own things? Whatever portion we do receive, we are to be thankful. If we really want to start talking about being fair, do we really belong in heaven in eternity with the Father? No. Not by a long shot. But because of his generosity, he gave up his son for us. And we get to do that. For those who receive him and receive his son and what, they had, what he had done, we get to partake in that. And for if that is the only reward, only reward we receive, we should be overjoyed. Eternity with the Father. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, starting verse 1, As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make an effort to keep a unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then skipping on to verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned. It is His to give in the amount that He desires. We, we serve a great God, and to not allow trust in what He hands out is on us. The final question shifts the focus from the landowner back to the laborers, the complaining, sorry, the complaining laborers. Or is your eye evil because I am good? So in Proverbs 28, 25, it says, greedy, The greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in God will prosper. Evil eye, a great descriptive of envy, jealousy, and the lack of generosity that can come into our hearts. Generosity is not the issue, but the greed that the laborers had was. Greed is ruthless, blinding, and very emotional and can carry us way beyond that where we could even imagine we go. It'll grab a hold of your heart and take control. This outside point of view of their complaints must have just slapped them in the face, gave them an awful taste. That's a taste I've tasted before. Then there's a final comment. Uh, so the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Bible helps us explain this. Uh, helps explain this a couple more times in Mark, first in chapter nine, 
It says, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be very last and servant of all. And then again in chapter 10, he says, whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Certainly showing us the servant's heart is in the serving, not the reward. So today's parable is showing us, is telling us, we should not be operating under our own understanding of fairness, but relaxing in the peace and the loveliness of God's goodness. Allowing to be a part of His kingdom. Allowing to be in His body. Amongst believers, He wants to share this goodness with us. And He gives us that opportunity. If we believe in Him and His Son and what He has done for us, and then we come to Him humbly and receive it. It's as simple as that. I want to take the last bit of time I have with you guys today um, to tell you a little story. I love this book. I got it when James was a young kid. He... uh, He loved it too. It was funny that <clears throat> I got the. Uh, oh, come down here. Um, I got this book and I read it the first night to him. Never opened it up, but I got it and I read him the first night. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I read it the rest of it. The rest of the <laughs> after he went to bed, I read the rest of it. Uh, um, the cool part is, and I was talking with somebody earlier <clears throat> about children's stories. At least for me, seems to open up a child's heart to what's being said. So, cool book. uh, Takes Bible stories and puts them in Dr. Seuss. Uh, Timing. Timing and talk. So, uh, I I beg you, uh, be patient with me. I don't talk Dr. Seuss on a daily basis. Uh, So this I might stumble through. The first service, actually, I was quite surprised on how well I did, so I'm probably really going to mess up here. But... Nonetheless, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So you think that the words may have gotten reversed? Well, I'm telling you a secret. I'll tell you a secret. That's what I thought, too. But not anymore, and soon neither will you. A man had a a vineyard, an honest fair man, and this honest fair man really needed a hand. I'll give you what I give you all one whole denarius each. If you are willing to work, he besought and beseeched. In my fields for the day, where you will trudge and you will traipse, back and forth, up and down, as you harvest my grapes. Now one whole denarius, that was some loot, just for trudging and traipsing and picking up fruit. We've hit the jackpot, the workers yelled, doodled. To pass up this deal, we'd be out of our noodled. So work as they did, they, yes, they picked and they plucked. They scooted and scampered and toted and trucked. They gave thanks to the Lord for their awesome good lucks, for quite soon they'd be making big mega bucks. They worked very hard. Yes, they gave it their best. They all huffed and they puffed without taking a rest. 
but they couldn't keep up. So right back into town went the honest fair man to see who could be found that would rather be working than standing around. He went back there at nine, noon, and three on the dot. Yes, he went back four times to the very same spot. And every time he did, just gave the same speech. One whole bright shiny denarius each. And they did run to his fields like kids at the beach. Oh, and wouldn't you know, they got all the work done. Yes, they plucked every grape out there under the sun. And that honest fair man was pleased as can be. And they had done what they had said. And now, yes, so would he. What a beautiful, wonderful sight, thought the man. Every one worked so hard. I know what I, I, now I think that we can. Call it quits for the day. And with that, I will say, it was fun. Thanks a ton. Come pick up your pay. Call up the paymaster, give him their dough. Tell them all thank you, and then they will go. Line them all up, the last ones are first, and give them their teeny bright shiny mine finally, pure silver coin, so they are all reimbursed. Now one whole denarius, that was some loot, for just traipsing, uh, trudging and traipsing and picking up fruit. But the men who were hired way back at the first, they were beginning to think that their deal was the worst. Now listen here, mister. We started at dawn. You're paying these new guys the same. Oh, come on. We've been robbed, they all shouted. We've huffed and we've puffed. Now what do we get? We get not nearly enough. Well, that's, that honest fair man knew that these men were upset. He gave them every man what he said that they would get. So he opened his heart, and he said he had something to say. And the thing that he said really blew him away. If I gave each of, I gave each of you what I said you would get, I know you worked hard, but don't forget, I never said who worked more were best. I gave all the men the same, no more, no less. God's love can't be earned. If it could, we would boast. He loves all men the same. He loves no man the most. You can bop till you drop. That's okay, but it's true. It will never depend on how much you do. When you come unto him, he will come unto you. That's a pretty good deal, I would say. Wouldn't you? The Father has the best intentions for you. He wants to lavish you. Let him. Just keep your eyes on the prize. If the ushers will come forward, please. I ask that you go out this week, that you be satisfied with just being with him. That's your reward. Go, share the gospel, be joyful. Have a good week. Enjoy the picnic, please. Yes.